disruption zone. Opportunity lives where the status quo dies. Talking to the greatest innovators, disruptors, and off-the-wall inventors, we can scrounge up. You laugh, you'll learn, you'll be inspired. Now, here are your hosts, Leland Conway and Cameron Mills. Congressman Thomas Massey joining the podcast today to weigh in on uh, his lawsuit against Nancy Pelosi, the Build Back Better program. I'm also going to bring on Scott Jennings, uh, and we're going to talk to him. He, of course, is a little villain and um, a Kentuckian, and we're going to talk to him about a couple things. One, he is from Dawson Springs, Kentucky, so we're going to talk to him about his hometown and the devastation of the tornado, but also his reaction to Joe Manchin scuttling the Build Back Better program. That's all coming up on the podcast right here on the Disruption Zone. But first, a big thank you to our sponsors. Guys, home equity is at an all-time high right now. So if you're thinking about staying put but want to take advantage of that and make your house your dream house, well, a great way to do that is to upgrade your kitchen. And the best way to do that is to call my friend Tim Montgomery at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. We did our kitchen with them. It did, it did such a great job that I'm pretty confident that's the reason why our house in Kentucky sold in like about a day. I mean, obviously, it was, there were other elements of that property that were awesome. But when you walked in that house and you saw that beautiful kitchen, it just made people fall in love. It certainly did with us. They also did our master bath. So we used them twice. Here's the thing. Supply chain problems are all over the world, but not at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They have beautiful cabinets in stock ready to go. So if you're a do-it-yourselfer or a contractor, they can help you out with that as well. Three designers on staff standing by waiting to help make your dream kitchen come true so call them michelle kelly and george all want to talk to you you can call them at 502-930-3304 that's 502-930-3304 and let your kitchen dream come true today louisville cabinets and countertops.com all right let's get into our conversation now with congressman thomas massey uh about the build back better program and his lawsuit against nancy pelosi I'm already getting secondhand hate on Twitter at Leland Show if you want to follow me because Congressman Thomas Massey, who the left in America loves to hate, tweeted out that he was going to be on with me this morning. So I want to welcome him to the program right away. Congressman Thomas Massey, Kentucky. How are you, sir? I am doing great. How are you doing, Leland? I'm good. I appreciate you uh, tweeting out that you're going to be on the show because I always love when uh, when I get the secondhand hate. I don't know what it is, but the left loves to hate you, man. You're like a national symbol of everything the left hates. If you're if you're taking flack, you're over the target. There you go. There you go. So I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. Uh, first of all, you're suing Nancy Pelosi, which is glorious in and of itself. Um, you're suing her for the mask mandate in the way that she is going after members of Congress that do not comply. Why should the average person care about this lawsuit since, theoretically, it's just about Congress people? Well, it's, the lawsuit is titled Massey v. Pelosi. Uh, in case you think this is just a frivolous lawsuit, the judge actually heard oral arguments two weeks ago. We were in court with Pelosi's lawyers. I think our attorney made a great case. And why should Americans care about this? Well, number one, every second we've got her tied up in court, she's not destroying this country, number one. <laughs> That's a good point. That's number, a good point. <laughs> number, number two, we've experienced two years of lawlessness. By that, I mean people aren't following the rules and the laws and the Constitution. They're just making stuff up as they go along, and Nancy Pelosi is sort of the prototype for all these petty tyrants 
uh, you know, mayors and whatnot, who are just making up their own rules. So she decided that in Congress that she was going to morph the mask mandate into a vaccine mandate. And I said, hold on. And I got 10 of my colleagues to go to the floor of the House, and we stood there without masks in full view and sound of the C-SPAN cameras. So it's the, the facts aren't in dispute. We violated her, her mandate uh, to push back because we knew that whatever she could get away with, by the way, this was June and July of this summer. We knew that whatever she could get away with, she would do to the American people, and others would do to the American people. Well, here's where she screwed up. She reduced our salaries, and now I know I'm losing sympathy by the second when I start talking about <laughs> Congressman salary. complaining about his salary? <laughs> I, I understand, but look, this is about more than 500 bucks because that's what – the first fine was $500. Uh, here's the problem. The Constitution says in, in two places, okay, in the, in, the, in the base Constitution, it says that salaries are set by law, congressional salaries, and paid for out of the Treasury. That means that the Senate and the President have to concur with any House resolution that uh, changes the salaries. And then the 27th Amendment to the Constitution says that the salaries can't vary without an intervening election. Now, a lot of people think that was ratified to keep us from raising our own salaries, but the Founding Fathers are the ones who drafted that amendment. It sat dormant for 200 years and then was ratified in 1992. They, they said vary, not decrease, because they're not increase, because they knew that if somebody could get control of the salary, they could bend the entire chamber to their will. Right. And so they set that aside. Now, the funny thing is, She's claiming it's not a reduction in salary. It's a, it's a fine that was deducted from our paycheck. But my attorney in front of the federal district judge, he got the judge's attention when he pointed out in Article 3 of the Constitution, it said that the judge's salary can't be diminished during his term at office. <laughs> Wait a he minute. He said, what if, yeah, what if Congress just decided to fine you for every bad decision you made and reduced your salary that way? And the judge right. like, Leaned forward on his elbows. I'm like, all right, now we got to. <laughs> so, so the point here is that Nancy Pelosi is setting a precedent by violating the Constitution that sort of, in a way, gives permission to mayors and governors and city commissioners and city councilmen and school boards all across the country to do arbitrary things to expand their power without uh, consulting the people. That's right. And, it, and look, this is a model that some grocery stores and some airlines have used, too. They're reducing people's salaries for refusing to take the vaccine. Right. And so we figure if we can stop Pelosi from doing this here, she won't be the model for the rest of the country. Right. The judge is, will probably give us a ruling sometime after New Year's. It will, if we win, she appeals it. If she wins, we appeal it. It goes to the uh, circuit court the appellate court and whatever happens there it's going to go to the supreme court if we have enough money to pursue this now mind well, you, i was going to ask are taxpayers paying for this lawsuit or how well they're not paying for our side of it now they may be paying for nancy pelosi's defense <laughs> but uh but on our side of it we are funding this and when i say we marjorie taylor green is my co-litigant and massey v pelosi and so is ralph norman from south carolina we are funding this out of our campaigns, and it's already in the tens of thousands of dollars. Now, we're fighting over a $500 fine, but it's the principle of it. So right. if, people want to, if people want to help us sue Nancy Pelosi, 
they can go to thomasmassey.com, that's uh, M-A-S-S-I-E, and, and donate because I am funding this, and it's already in the tens of thousands of dollars, and it gets real expensive when we go to the Supreme Court. But can you imagine to take down Pelosi for violating the Constitution in the Supreme Court? To me, that would be grounds for dismissing her from Speaker of the House. It would be pretty epic. In the federal court that she's violated the Constitution. So that's what this is about. And if people could help us out, I'd really appreciate it. Well, and that's her top duty is to protect the Constitution. The Speaker of the House, you know, I mean, they're sworn in, uh, just like the president's top duty is supposedly to protect the Constitution. Um, I've got about to to defend it. Yeah, absolutely. I've only got about two or three minutes here, but I wanted to also talk to you about the Build Back Better program. Joe Manchin has pretty much scuttled that, at least for now. Um, One of the arguments on the left is that it won't raise uh, inflation and it won't raise the national debt because it's paid for. How much of a BS line is that? (laughs) We call it Build Back Bolshevik or Build Back (laughs) They could say it's paid for, but even if that were true, and it's not, but even if that were true, they're paying for it with, with taxpayer money. But that's right. not even true. And here's the worst part of Build Back Better. Okay, I oppose the $6 trillion that was spent in the name of COVID uh, that's actually caused this inflation that we're seeing. But that was temporary spending. Okay, if you wanted to spend more of that kind of money, Congress would have to vote on it. If they are able to pass the Build Back Bolshevik bill, it will be permanent. In other words... If no Congress after us does anything, that right. money that they put on autopilot gets spent every year, and it just creeps us a little bit closer to a socialist country, and inflation right. is baked in at that point. Yeah, and so in other words, it's a lie that it only costs X, because it, it actually costs unlimited. Unfortunately, i got to run. Congressman Massey, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for suing Nancy Pelosi. I think there's a lot of – I speak for a lot of people when we say thank you for that. <laughs> Well, thank thanks to the people that are supporting this lawsuit. You can go to thomasmassey.com to support it. Uh, every second we've got her tied up in court, she's not destroying this country. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I absolutely love that guy. Why? Because he stands on principle. Now, I want to bring in my good friend, uh, Scott Jennings. Um, he used to work in the Bush administration years ago. He does PR now. He's a tremendous guy. You see him on CNN all the time. He's usually the only conservative on the panel, but he holds his own like no other. And I wanted to talk to him about the Build Back Better program as well, but also about his hometown of Dawson Springs, Kentucky. So Manchin basically peed in the left's Wheaties this last weekend, ending BBB as we know it, Build Back Broke, for the time being anyway. Um, I wanted to bring my friend Scott Jennings on from CNN. He's the reason I tune into CNN from time to time. He's highly entertaining. He is conservative. He's principled. And he's my buddy from my home state of Kentucky. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today as well. Welcome, Scott. How are you, bud? Leland, good to be with you this morning, my friend. You as well. First of all, what was your first reaction to the uh, the mansion news this last weekend when he dropped that bomb on Fox News? Sorry, your competitor. Uh, that he was not going to be voting for the Build Back Better program. Well, I, I wasn't surprised because I've been actually paying attention to what Joe Manchin has been saying for the last several months. I read his op-eds. I read his press releases. I listen to his statements. And he has repeatedly said, I'm worried about debt. I'm worried about inflation. I'm worried about ongoing government programs and how you pay for it over time. He kept saying this over and over again, and yet the Democrats didn't want to listen, and they kept pretending like it wasn't happening. 
I, I think the most amusing thing I heard on Sunday was Bernie Sanders immediately ranting on television about how Joe Manchin's going to have to go home and explain to the people of West Virginia. No, the only thing he's going to be explaining is why he didn't kill this monstrosity sooner. Joe Biden got 30 percent of the vote in West Virginia. He ain't explaining nothing to nobody at home. They don't want the Biden agenda where he's from. And that's another thing people forget. Joe Manchin represents a state that did not vote for Joe Biden, didn't vote for this socialist programming, didn't vote for bigger government, didn't vote for all this. They don't want it. And they're going to have to do better in convincing him to support something. Is this thing totally dead, Leland? I don't think so, because I, you know, they, they could come back with some scale back issue here. But but at least the thing we know is BBB is dead. And that's a good thing for the country. Well, I was talking to I think it was Congressman Schweikert from Arizona earlier this week, and he said he thought that they were going to break it up into chunks and just add little things to it and that it might end up being even more successful that way in terms of actually you know, uh, creating a huge social spending behemoth. But I want to play for you some audio. Um, the congressman from there in Louisville, Kentucky, talking about Manchin, because you were talking about just the over-the-top reaction to this, and you mentioned that Manchin was concerned about that. Um, this is what Congressman John Yarmuth said. Uh, what's frustrating, uh, there's so many frustrating things about Senator Manchin's position, but what frustrates me most is that he's using discredited Republican talking points to make his case for not supporting the bill. Uh, this bill's not inflationary. He talks about fears of inflation. Uh, we've had numerous economists from across the spectrum say that there's no inflationary impact. From that was interesting to me because I'm like, what What do you mean? I haven't heard of a single economist, quote unquote, across the spectrum. What spectrum is he using? Um, is he just blowing smoke out of his backside? What What is he saying here? Discredited Republican talking points about debt. I mean, if you if we don't have three trillion dollars and they're not going to tax three trillion dollars from people, they're going to tax about two trillion dollars. So that money has to come from somewhere. Well, not not only are they going to tax about two trillion, but they're also giving a tax cut to the absolute wealthiest people in this country who live in San Francisco and New York City and other large areas because they're, you know, they still want to go back on the salt deduction issue, which, look, there's no other way to say it. This is a massive tax cut for the wealthy. After months of Joe Biden running around saying the wealthy have to pay their fair share. I mean, it's an absolute hypocrisy, promise break, whatever you want to call it. Yarmouth is an important person. You know, he's one of Pelosi's top people. So when he speaks, I listen. Because whatever he's saying is what she's thinking, and that is absolute insanity. If you spend $3 trillion on top of a $29 trillion debt, it is absolutely going to add to inflation. And yeah. Biden months ago was on this talking point, Leland, saying, well, no serious economist thinks this is – that was several months ago, and several months of inflation have ensued. Right. So I, I think Manchin is right about this. It is right to be worried about debt and inflation. And it's not just him. There are 50 Republicans in the Senate who are worried about debt and inflation. And the Democrats, frankly, are just butthurt that right. that they can't get the country to go along with this asinine view that you can spend us into oblivion with no consequences. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 unbelievable. I, Manchin has been called a racist. He's been called a traitor. Uh, you mentioned Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders' first reaction was that democracy was over. I, I feel like there's there's a there's an air of desperation. You know, it's like they always tell you in college, if you're trying to date a girl, don't seem desperate. 
you know, if the Democrats are trying to date America right now, there's that air and smell of desperation. It's like they overplayed their cards. They took advantage of the pandemic to institute a lot of programs people now know are not going to work. And now they're trying to they're trying to sit at the table as if they still have all the aces. It, it's kind of embarrassing to watch in a way if, if you cared about their prospects. Well, the Democrats overread the election results. You're absolutely right about that. It was a close election. You know, they almost lost the House. It's a 50-50 Senate. Uh, Biden defeated Trump principally on the idea that he was there to just essentially replace Trump. That's it. He, he right. wasn't elected to do anything else except right. replace Trump. He wasn't elected to spend all this money. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't elected to institute this BBD plan. That is for sure. He did not run on that. He ran as a moderate deal maker, not as a progressive ramrod. And so this is not part of the program on which he ran, and the American people do not want it. The people of West Virginia don't want it. And I will say, say one other thing. It's not just Manchin in the Democratic caucus. Cinema in Arizona, I think, has problems. There are three or four other Democrats who I think have problems with this bill. Manchin has been a heat shield. You know, he's mm -hmm. kind of been the, the one willing to take the heat here. But I think he actually is expressing reservations held by more than just a couple of them. And so the right. problems they may they have here, Leland, may run a little deeper uh, than just uh, one lone man from West Virginia. Yeah. yeah, it's Christmas time, but for some people, it will be a very tough Christmas. I'm from the state of Kentucky, and my home state was devastated by that tornado that made national news a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was on the ground for more than 200 miles, one of the longest recorded tornadoes in American history. It was about a mile and a half wide. It tore up towns like Maysville, or excuse me, Mayfield, as well as um, uh, Dawson Springs. Dawson Springs is a little town uh, just off the interstate down in southwest Kentucky. And my friend Scott Jennings, who we've been talking to from CNN, is from that town. And, Scott, you, you wrote a column about a, a woman there that might actually be the toughest woman in America. She's been through an enormous amount of tragedy and still, still just trucking along. Yeah, thanks, Leland, for bringing it up. Her name is Ashley McKnight. Uh, she's 41 years old. And in the last three months, she had to bury her husband's grandfather from a COVID battle that took a month and deal with that. And then on Thanksgiving, her 18-year-old son, Logan, was killed in a car accident. A freshman in college had come home, dies in a car accident. And then a couple of weeks later, her house and her town are wiped away by this tornado. And I, I saw, actually, this weekend, I went down to Dawson Springs to help my dad with some things. And to see Senator Mitch McConnell, who was touring storm damage as well, and Ashley came over and and we went to high school together. I hadn't seen her in a long time and uh, and got to talking to her and realized um, uh, all that she's been through. The most inspiring thing about her story is is that the town was really affected by her son's death, Logan McKnight. And they have this slogan in Dawson Springs now called Live Like Logan, and everybody's wearing these rubber bracelets. And it just means to do a good deed for someone. And if there's ever a town that needs good deeds, it's Dawson Springs right now. So you can find that in the Louisville Courier Journal and I think in Gannett papers around the country uh, over the weekend because I think it'll be in the Gannett system. Yeah, um, a lot of people have heard about Mayfield. It's the bigger of the two towns that really took a direct hit there. Uh, Dawson Springs is, is not a big town at all. Did, did you tell me, I believe you said that your father's house was destroyed as well, right? Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, he lived on a street called Oak Heights. Actually, he's Ashley McKnight's neighbor and their houses were destroyed. Most of the houses on Oak Heights are no longer standing. Um, a Jennings has been living on Oak Heights in some form or fashion and in some house going back to like the 1940s. Wow. Uh, all the houses, I, I uh, the, both houses that I grew up in, my grandparents' house, my dad's parents, and 
uh, his first house in which I was a little boy in, they were both wiped off the foundations, gone, completely destroyed. Uh, so it, it really was a, you know, it really was a shocking thing to see. You know, you think of your childhood memories and you could sort of visualize in your mind's eye, you know, what, what your street looked like, what you did in your backyard, the park you played in, whatever. And that's just totally gone. And uh, yeah. it was jarring. And, and there were numerous people who died in Dawson Springs, uh, folks who didn't make it out of their homes, folks who were thrown you know, hundreds of feet by the tornado. It was really, really sad. Uh, and, and you have all these people here at Christmas time who were homeless and, and have yeah. nothing. Uh, and the outpouring of support, Leland, and donations and relief efforts has been really heartening. I, I went through there uh, this weekend, and there's trucks set up, and the churches are overflowing with donations. There's people, there were people there from Missouri, you know, handing out free food. I mean, people have poured their love into West Kentucky, and it's it's been really gratifying to see. Yeah, and I, I, I tell people this all the time. When I was working a show there in Lexington, Kentucky, there was a huge tornado that hit Tuscaloosa, Alabama, a long, long way away from Lexington, Kentucky. And I asked the listeners to give in, give stuff, and they, they not only gave, they didn't just give. Uh, someone donated uh, the use of a tractor-trailer, um, those big pods, um, actually it was the pod CEO basically called me and said, Hey, if you guys will fill up three pods, uh, you know, those moving containers, I will, I will take care of the trucking for you guys. And those people literally filled up three essential semi truck loads worth of stuff. Kentuckians are always the first to help. It doesn't matter where it is. If they think somebody needs help, they're going to jump in and do it, which is why, Everywhere I've been able to have a platform, I've tried to say, hey, let's help them now. Because grant guarantee you that if there was a major disaster in Arizona or wherever, Kentuckians would be some of the first people to respond to help the folks out. So um, I tweeted out the uh, article that you sent me from the Courier Journal that has a bunch of links in it that people can donate uh, to help the folks there. Yeah, thanks for doing that, Leland. And I'll just say one other thing about donations. <clears throat> if you can't send money or you don't want to send goods or – uh, whatever your personal situation is, one thing we all have inside of us is blood. And there are critical blood shortages. The American Red Cross is desperate for blood. So I've been told by the Red Cross that you can give blood and, and it might wind up in the disaster zone over in Kentucky. So if you haven't given blood in a while, you've always thought maybe you should, but you haven't found the time for it, this is a good time to do it because of this tornado. They need blood. And I'm giving uh, Friday morning myself and I'm encouraging others to do so. Awesome. Thank you so much. Scott, it's always good to talk to you. Thanks for holding down the fort at CNN. We appreciate you. You're entertaining to watch. You always have great and cogent points, and you hold your own against uh, an outnumbered panel. So we appreciate you, buddy. I'll always fight the good fight, Leland. You can count on me, brother. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. It's Scott Jennings. You see him on CNN. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. It was made possible by my friends at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Tim Montgomery and his work crews have a work ethic and a craftsmanship value second to none. That means second to nobody. I've seen them work. I know what their work ethic is. It's why I believe in them. And I also know what the quality of their craftsmanship is. That's also why I believe in them. We had an ugly, unusable island in our kitchen, and they made it usable and beautiful. The work they did, I'm confident, is one of the main reasons why our house sold in less than a day when we put it on the market in Odom County. These guys are fantastic. And they have three designers on staff to help make your dream kitchen come true. George, Kelly, and Michelle are standing by waiting for you to call at 502-930-3304. See some samples of their work at LouisvilleCabinetsAndCountertops.com. And you know we're hearing about supply chain crisis all over the world right now? That's not the case at Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. They have beautiful cabinets in stock now ready to go. 
Go to the cabinet section of their website. Click on in-stock cabinets and look at all the amazing, beautiful styles from modern, like sleek, clean lines to beautiful country style and everything in between. Shaker and everything in between. So check them out. You can see all of that online and they're ready to go. So if you're a contractor, do it yourself or, or you just already know what you want. There's not going to be any delays in your project with Louisville Cabinets and Countertops. Check them out again, 502-930-3304 or LouisvilleCabinetsandCountertops.com. If you're in Louisville, Oldham County, or Southern Indiana, this is the place to go. Check them out again, LouisvilleCabinetsandCountertops.com. Also, a huge thanks to Dynamics Audio Productions in Lexington, Kentucky. They've been helping us with the audio of this program since day one, episode one. And now we're over 200 and getting close to 100,000 downloads. So I really appreciate them. Uh, big thanks as well. Uh, to you. Thank you for listening and for spreading the word. You can download the podcast. You can subscribe to it for free at iHeartRadio. Just search for the Disruption Zone. Same on um, Google Play and Apple Podcasts. And then you can have uh, me delivered straight to your pocket. I'm happy. Happy to hang out there as long as you're listening. Okay? So make sure you download it and share it with your friends. Again, thanks for listening. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Leland Show. And on Instagram, it's at Greatly Londo. This is the Disruption Zone. <laughs> 